Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to a special four-part weekend edition of Axios Recap, focused on the unique challenges of back to school in 2020. These are tied to an Axios deep dive presented by Pearson, and this particular episode digs into the loss of learning and its long-term implications for students, schools, and the economy. That conversation with Axios's Kim Hart in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Axios's Kim Hart, who edited this weekend's deep dive on back to school in a pandemic age. Kim, we talk about all these kind of externalities and all these different pieces of back to school, but the loss of learning is the biggest one. Is there a way just on the pure education side to measure what was lost in the spring and what could be lost in the upcoming school year? There was a pretty well-known study that came out in the spring by NWEA, which is a nonprofit that creates academic assessments for the K-12 world. And what they found was pretty stunning. Their preliminary results from looking at what the learning loss from the COVID school closures in the spring showed was that students would have returned to fall this year with roughly 70% of the learning gains in reading and less than 50% of the learning gains in math in some grades relative to a typical school year. So they're not just sliding the typical summer slide. This is more than double the typical summer slide in learning these very fundamental skills. And that was already a cause for concern and alarm. But that was, again, when we thought we were all going back to school in person. And so we're adding on this extra layer of uncertainty and disruption around a lot of schools, many schools going to virtual learning environment and staying there for the foreseeable future or going into some sort of hybrid situation, which has some level of disruption as well. You and I both have school-age kids. Do we need to kind of assume that that learning loss that they lost last year and what they'll probably lose this year compared to what they should normally be getting, is that recoverable? I mean, obviously, you know, they can relearn the second grade math in the future. Basically, by the time they graduate high school, are our kids going to know less than had they graduated high school without the pandemic? That's a big concern. I think that unchecked and what experts have told me is that unchecked, yes, it's definitely possible and probably likely that kids will have fewer skills, less of those fundamentals when they reach certain milestones or maybe not even reach those milestones at all. The concern about the increased dropout rates among high school students is really high right now. However, there is some reason for hope here in that there are some pretty basic tools to fight learning loss that have been time-tested and used in other scenarios when students haven't been able to be in school that have actually been proven to be pretty effective. What's an example of that? One-on-one tutoring after school, something as basic as that, something like a small learning groups on weekends, trying to do a lot of individualized attention and interventions with students along the way. Now, that's hard to do in a pandemic because we can't be around as many students. But what people are optimistic about is that if they can use technology in the right way by, say, using master teachers to do the lectures and the big lessons to all the students and using the other teachers to do one-on-one conversations with students along the way to help them get the information, figure out what they're missing, what they're confused about, then that's at least a start at keeping students engaged along the way so that they don't just throw up their hands and say, I'm never going to get this, so I'm just not going to log into Zoom anymore. 
Am I right in saying, though, there doesn't seem to be any push, certainly not at the national level, and I understand these are local and state decisions, but at least where I am in Massachusetts, to elongate the school year. For example, we in Massachusetts, the school year for everybody starts two weeks later so the teachers can do extra professional development so they can better understand the remote technologies, but they're not adding 10 days on the end of the year. So the only people losing here are the kids. And that's the same situation that my kids are facing in Virginia right now. And I think that's pretty common that schools are starting later and they have not figured out what that means at the back end of the year. But year round school may have to be a part of our future going forward for a couple of years to help kids catch up. And several people that I spoke with said that this is not going to be a quick fix. Even when we have a vaccine and kids are back in school full time, that this is going to be more of a two to three year process minimum that will span different grades. So the teachers will have to work more directly with each other and parents are going to have to be much more involved in their child's education and helping to push them towards these milestones than they probably ever have been before. Let's broaden out a little bit the economic impact of this. We're talking about kids, but when they get older and and go into the workforce, you cited there's a McKinsey study that talks about kind of lifetime earning loss or potential lifetime earning loss. Can you just uh, tease that out a little bit? What did McKinsey find? So back in June, McKinsey uh, did a big study that estimates that the average K-12 through student in the U.S. could lose between $61,000 and $82,000 in lifetime earnings. That's the equivalent of one year of full-time work using $2020 as a constant as a result just from learning losses related to COVID-19. That adds up pretty quickly, and those losses are expected to be even greater for Black and Hispanic students. And all in all, that translates to an estimated loss of $110 billion in annual learnings across the current K-12 cohort. It's a huge number. I guess the final question for you is, do you believe from talking to educators, from talking to others around the education system, are schools kind of just accepting that this learning loss is just how it's going to be? I know you said there are things you can do. There are weekend pods, you know, one-on-one tutoring if you can afford and have the accessibility. But are schools, at least for now, just trying to keep their head above water and worry about the long-term learning loss sometime in the future? I think that's the big concern and frustration that parents have felt up until now is that there has been such a focus on logistics and just trying to figure out, are we going to open? How are we going to open? How are we going to get the teachers to where they need to be? What kind of technology tools are we using? So really just the basic fundamental questions of how school will even exist rather than instruction and academics. That is the next phase that once school starts, all schools will have to move into. We talked to an administrator of several charter schools in the D.C. area who said that this phase has really been focused on logistics and just the fundamentals of keeping a building running and keeping an organization running. But the next phase has to be on learning and academics, and it has to be a much faster and deeper drive into that than we've seen since March. Kim Hart, thank you so much for joining us. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, please be sure to check out today's three other episodes and the full education deep dive at Axios.com.